Hey everybody, welcome back into Urban Meyer's Pint House. This is weekend kickoff. This is a championship edition brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. The national title game is here. That's Bobby Carpenter, B.B. Landers, Zach Boren, Cardell Jones, Ohio State and Alabama on track. Monday night, forget what you've heard elsewhere maybe. Ohio State has practiced every day this week. The Woody Hayes Athletic Center is open. Uh, and the Buckeyes beat the uh, Tar out of Clemson last week in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, and then Cardale went and got right into it with Nick Saban's daughter to get the. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. I wouldn't say got into her like that, but she, I know what you mean. I'm picking up what you put down, but yeah, she she got throw some dirt and start a little shade at the Buckeyes, so we had to set her straight. Wouldn't you think that they learned their lesson like five years ago, six years ago? You went out. Oh, whoa, whoa! Don't make me feel old now. Say five, six years ago. The last time we played them. A couple, couple. Yeah, years last time we played them. Last time we played them. Yeah, man. I don't think what they want to see. What are you talking about? It. I was sitting in the stands that game. Oh, man. Now a you long time really ago, man. <laughs> I, just Yo. when you thought there would be no trash. Hey, whoa, there's Let's Anthony go. Slagle. Yeah. OH! Holy cow. I'm juiced out of my mind. I just got done teaching a class for Fisher. And we're here to talk about the daggum Buckeyes beating the crap out of Alabama. And I hear Cardale talking smack to Saban's daughter, which is absolutely true. As a matter of fact, I was uh -oh. juiced out of my mind when you dump trucked that safety. And then you had the, the reverse where the, Evan threw that touchdown pass. Oh, yeah. Are you guys ready for this game or what? I am. Yeah. I see you. <laughs> I see you. you. You have juice, young lady. You have juice. Uh, just we need 16,000 of her. 16,000. Let's go. Forget however many Alabama has, just 16,000. Yeah, bump them. Um, you know, I really thought for this week that there wouldn't be any of that, uh, you know, Dabo-level trash talk and motivation. You just have to be the underdog. And then, lo and behold, the Alabama Crimson Tide didn't say anything. And it's Nick Saban's daughter. She doesn't know the process, Bob. You know, it's amazing. It's, you know, Nick Saban loathes Twitter and probably loathes all social media. So and he's as polished. I mean, you heard everything coming out of Alabama. It was nothing but respect. Heck, it was nothing but respect the week before for Notre Dame. That's why I wish someone would have followed up when Nick's talking about how great they are here and great they are there. Tell me exactly why these guys are great at this position, Nick, because we both know that you're lying. Right. <laughs> now, with Ohio State, you just watched them hang 49 on Clemson. So it's like, all right, well, great wide receivers, all this other stuff. But the fact that his daughter comes out and spits that, Deletes her tweet, Twitter, comes back on, has an apology, deletes it again. Like, I would have loved to have been on that phone conversation or maybe even in the house in person. Oh. Even oh. When you're like your grown child, you have to scold them like a six-year-old for acting immature. Oh, for sure. I'd have loved to have been a fly on the wall just to see Nick call her. Just imagine some of the times where we as players were know that we were in trouble and the coach called you in there and you just preparing yourself. <laughs> what was going through her head as she's a grown woman and your dad is about to lay it to you? It's just like how like that. If his office was 10 steps away, that 10 steps probably felt like a thousand steps going there and get that. That, that you, ripping I, of the world. I'll tell you exactly <laughs> how it feels. It actually happened to me. Like my first two weekends on campus. Bob knows this. I mean, I remember the first weekend I went out. That's what Schlegwiser yeah, came had, Yeah, Papa Schleg, Schlegwiser, <laughs> man. Troy, you know. Schleg, you know, you, you can't do this. I mean, we brought you from the Air Force. I got you, Coach. We brought you from the Air Force Academy to mentor guys. I got you. Won't happen again. Poof, David Copperfield, week two. What happens? Well, how many beers did you actually have? Oh, coach, I mean, you were already ready. I only had two. I was in this one. <laughs> I, I only had two to three. Multiply it by ten, but go Bucks. <laughs> yeah, it was bumpy, but she probably didn't have that good of a story like I did. No, no, well, no way. I think it's just good. I mean, 
Cardale doesn't know anything about guys sending a tweet that they regret instantly. So that's, really <laughs> I, wouldn't, I mean, I, I don't. I don't regret anything. You don't regret <laughs> nothing. I, I, I see you. Right. Right. Yes. Oh, yes. Actually, I don't. I remember that day. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, my God. Me too. <laughs> but at least you didn't delete your account twice. So no, no. Stuck I with stuck it, by stuck it. your guns just because you got to be in a class. That's, yeah. You know, live and learn. All right, Ohio State dominates Clemson just like we all said. Last, uh, last week before we came in for weekend kickoff, last Friday night in the Sugar Bowl, uh, just uh, a dominant performance in every single way. What's your number one takeaway from what the Buckeyes did? Can, how can they duplicate that on Monday night to win a title? Well, their offensive line came up and really showed out. I and mean, we've talked about growers and showers a lot on this program, and they've kind of been growing all year, and they finally had everybody there together, and we're finally able to put it on the page, to put it all on the same page and show everyone what they could do because – that was my main concern. Like, if they could knock Clemson off the ball, they'll be fine. You can run the ball. You can do just about anything you want with the receivers and quarterback that are, that are on Ohio State's roster. They did that. They have to continue to do that against Notre Dame. But that was the biggest thing, probably on both sides of the ball, front seven on the defense, offensive line dominating up front because that set the tone for the game. Everything else is just gravy at that point. For me, it was the front seven. Uh, D-line did a great job of controlling the line of scrimmage and making a new line of scrimmage play in and play out. Uh, making Trevor Lawrence throw in a tunnel and being very uncomfortable applying that pressure almost every play. And then another player for me was Justin Hilliard. I feel like he was all over the field the whole night making plays, at play after play, and he's making impactful plays that's turning the game around. So. Did he come in in the same recruiting class as you, baby? Yes, No, sir. he came in with Schlegs and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. I know. He, he owed his I'm lobbying to see if he can get that seven. He needs to come back for that seven. He could year. get it. I mean, he he's can allowed get it. to. He can. Yeah. I asked him if he'd do it, and he said uh, – Feels like he's given everything he can for the Buckeyes. <laughs> right. He still has team. one. No, he still has one more Achilles to he's give. Got, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> he's got one more game left in him with the Buckeyes. I mean, three biceps tears and an Achilles. Achilles injury. Schlegs, I mean, the dude is hes awesome. It's incredible what he's doing. Yeah, it's incredible. It really reminds me of 2014 and Curtis, Curtis Grant. In the last games of our season that year, and Curtis was a five-star guy along with Hilliard. He really showed out in those last three games. His best three games of his entire career. In that 2014 season, he had Raekwon McMillan, and Curtis could have went one of two ways. He could have said, hey, you know what? It's all about me, but instead, he helped bring Raekwon along, and in doing so, made himself better. In those three games, he had his best games. We're seeing that from Justin Hilliard. My key to the game was scoring in the red zone. I think that Ryan Day did a great job of understanding what they needed to do and attacking that. And how did they do that? The daggum tight ends. That was big time ball. They had three touchdowns. So my key to the victory was the tight ends. I love the way he ran with tempo, but that's because that's because Clemson likes to do a lot of things and give you a lot of different looks and it caught them napping. They're out of position. Alabama doesn't do that. Alabama has the dudes to line up and just play ball. I don't necessarily that's going to be able to work, but I definitely think that he's going to have an answer because scores can be points can be scored on Alabama. My key to the game was something that we've been talking about all year. It's playing a complete game. How many times this year did, did we talk about, you know, the Buckeyes would have a great first half and then let off. They yeah. would come yeah. out in the Big Ten championship game, terrible first half, and completely dominate the second half. They did not put together a full 60-minute game. We knew going into that Clemson game last Friday that they had to put together a full 60-minute game. They finally did that. If we were to really touch on one person or one position group, in my mind, it's Trey Sermon. What he's been able to do, he's going on a run that Zeke Elliott did in 2014. 
And when he is able to do those things and run the football the way he is, it frees up Justin Fields and those wide receivers. And that's why you saw all those uh, throws down the field, all those, you know, Chris Alave, uh, uh, um, Garrett Wilson, those guys can take the top off of a yep. defense. Let those guys fly, but you have to be able to establish the run. And what Trey Sermon is doing is completely freeing up Justin Fields. And I think in my mind, opening up the playbook for Ryan Day. For sure, and I think we definitely underestimated the impact that Olave have on this offense. Mm -hmm. His return just made things a lot easier for Wilson, the run game, and uh, and uh, what's another running back? I mean, a uh, receiver who caught a touchdown. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so we definitely, me personally, I underestimated his impact on that offense, man, and uh, definitely it's good to have him back, and we're going to need him this weekend, well, this Monday yeah. versus Alabama, but like Bob said before, we couldn't go down in the red zone and keep getting three points. I think we scored every uh, trip except the red zone, except one. Um, Ill-advised interception in the end zone, but other than that, man, the Bucks played a complete game. So nope. you're, you're, you, you said player of the game? We're going to get to that. Oh, we didn't after we, Oh, I thought that was where After we, oh, we give some bad. championship my level bad. credit to, oh, to the people that brought this weekend kickoff <laughs> to us all year. Good. Your Central Ohio Bryant Heating and Cooling Dealers, who will do whatever it takes to make sure your home keeps you warm and comfortable this winter. And if you're worried about the air quality in your home, be sure to talk with a Bryant professional about the Evolution Air Purifier. Schlegs, I know you'll love this. Bryant's air purifier uses capture and kill technology. Yes! <laughs> Attack and dominate. I love that, man. Make your home a healthier home. Find your local Bryant professional at bryant.com. Bryant, doing whatever it takes. Who doesn't Those, want a healthy home? Well, I think we all do. And yeah, Bryant, Bryant can do it. They'll do yes. whatever it takes. And Zach already took one player of the game, so maybe he could go double dip. Well, here. you said Trey Sermon. It's your whatever it takes players of the game. And I'll let you do it two ways if you want. Oh, Whoever okay. stood, stood out in the Sugar Bowl. Or who needs to do it against Alabama? You can go either way you want. You starting? Bobby got it. All right. I'll, I'm going to take my same three dudes that I took last time. Oh. The interior. Because, oh. well, no, listen, nobody takes guard, center, guard. Yeah. All right? Nobody <laughs> takes those guys. And Harry Miller was part of it. You know, then he didn't start. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, you have another injury. And then you have Paris Johnson going in. Well, how about he, Matthew Jones, man? Matthew Jones, Jones played really played, well. Matthew Jones played really well. Paris no. goes in. Yeah. I mean, he's a tackle. And he's a freshman. Like, hey, you're going to play a new position. And I know you're Had you a couple pancakes out oh, there, too. Oh, and he too. was mashing dudes. And so, to me, it's going to be the same thing. Because if you can establish that, you watch Trey's runs. I mean, his yards before contact was like five or six yards because there was such a surge. And so, if you can get that... Dude, you can do anything. Play action is going to be there all day long. So if those three guys, whoever it is, you know, I, I think Josh Myers, Wyatt Davis are locked in. Whoever the third guy is rolling through, if they can get that type of push again, it'll be – I can't say it's going to be a long night for Alabama, but that ga the game will be in doubt. It will be a close game for sure. Uh, for me, it's going to be the D-line as a whole. Uh, you know, we all know up front Alabama's line is huge. You know what I mean? Huge. But you got a quarterback that – doesn't move too well outside of the pocket. He wants to stay in the pocket. You got a top-notch running back. So if the D-line can apply pressure on the quarterback on third and long, and at the same time establish a new line of scrimmage on first and second down, it makes the job a lot easier not only for the defense as a whole, but primarily your linebackers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's going to force the quarterback to have to throw in a tight window, make the perfect pass to. We all know he got a Heisman, you know, wide receiver. So that's that's a major. It's going to be a major task to deal with him alone. So I feel like the D-line has to come to play, reestablish the line of scrimmage every play, and make the quarterback throw in the tunnel and just applying pressure every single play. Yeah, the, the player of the game is Justin Fields, but I want you to talk about that because <laughs> you're a quarterback uh, and what his toughness 
and how his toughness was really displayed in that game. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go with the tight ends and the linebackers, and here's why. You, you can't pick two position groups. <laughs> he just picked three dudes. It's yeah. Bobby. A same position all group. All together. Exactly. Same Bobby. position group. Arch Lakes. All right, fine. I'll, play, I'll pick linebackers. You, are you going to take tight ends? No. Oh. <laughs> it's a championship edition. You can do whatever you want. It's a championship want. edition. Uh, the song about pissing. Yeah, charge it to win it. Poof, David Copperfield. Here's the deal. So tight ends. I'm, I'm taking the tight ends and the linebackers <laughs> for this reason. In the run game, they are so pivotal to blocking the edge and sealing the backside. They're fantastic at it. Plus, I think they're a mismatch on Alabama's linebackers because they're not as big as they used to be. They're, their linebackers are a little bit smaller. I think there's an advantage for Ohio State there. Then I'm going to go to the linebackers. Justin Hillary has been playing the best ball. He's had a pick and a fumble recovery in like all the last three games. He's playing phenomenal. Setting the edge is critical. And here's the other thing. Najee Harris out of the backfield. I think the D-line is going to do a phenomenal job, but he's still got to fill, fill the holes. Yeah. One back, one gap. But it's going to be him out of the backfield and Pete Werner on him to negate that because then they try to run it. And again, 254 yards rushing versus 44. I don't do math, but guess what? I know that's a lot. And it started, the linebackers did a really good job tackling. So anyways, that's what I got. Poof, David Copperfield. Go. They erased Travis Etienne in that game. They did, man. They 44 did. yards. ACC leading yeah. rusher in ACC history. And eliminate him. Non-factor. Yeah, and eliminate him. See you later. Since Schlakes took the whole team and basically the coaching staff, I was going to take the linebackers, but because you took them, there's one guy, Sean Wade. It is put up or shut up time. We've been talking about him all year. You've got one game to get redemption on the entire season. Right now, all of Buckeye Nation, the entire country, you have a there is a bad taste in their mouth. From your play this year, whether it be lackadaisical, whether it be just uninterested, whatever it might be, guess what? You've got one game to change it. That is it. Sean Wade, go have yourself a day. Write, rewrite history. You have got one chance to take on the Heisman Trophy winner and shut him down. Go do it. I don't know if you shut him down, but I, I, I'm picking up Guess what Guess what? Shut down. him down. I'm picking up what you put down, though. I, <laughs> I, I get what yes, you're saying. Yes. But, uh, That's a speech I'm giving him before oh, the game. You oh, know? for sure. One-on-one. Pulling him in the bathroom stall. That's Listen it, here. In the bathroom stall. <laughs> Listen this is here. <laughs> Quick, oh, this, take a sip of this five got You got this. Oh, yeah, for sure. I need to talk to you. Hey, wait. I need to talk to you for a second. That's one of Zach's best moves. The bathroom stall. Pull him on in there. That's who you get the one Hey, five-hour energy Look in my eye. Look in my eye. But my player is my player of the game and the same guys who need to step up for this Alabama game is going to be that front. I'm not going to say front five, but I'm, just, I'm going to include the tight ends in that and Trey Sermon because we talk about the, the quarterback's favorite target or best friend on the team. I think it's a great run game. And with a great run game, you open up shots downfield like we can take advantage of Olave and Wilson and other guys on some of these Alabama DBs. I mean, they only got one guy we need to worry about on the back end is Sertain Jr. Yeah. He's legit. But, I mean, I'm still taking our receivers over their DBs if we have a solid run game. So my players of the game from Clemson is the tight ends and offensive line and the running back just because they concerned in the running game and here's, then this is the same group of people need to pay, uh, step up in this game. Here's what I love about this matchup is you look on the outside and it is a heavyweight battle. There are it matchups is. that are circled on this from Sean Wade going on uh, going against uh, Devontae Smith, I mean, right? But let's be honest, but, that, no. that won't be a one-on-one. But I can't, on. I, like a there is a one on, there, there is a one on one matchup right there. Uh, I know you had a talk with his said. father. Okay. Good on you. <laughs> yeah, listen, I know. Okay, okay listen. There is a one on one matchup there. And People I, are just hey, picking Twitter I, fights hey, with Cardell right now. It's not a good. I had the But at the same at the same time. 
that the other guys on the other side of the ball, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, are circling that matchup. They want to go up against Patrick Sertan. They, yeah. they want that matchup, and they want to own him. So you look at those two matchups on the outside, the Buckeye the Buckeye players with Wilson Olave and Sean Wade, they are salivating, waiting for those matchups, and they want to show out. For sure. I, I get that. And all the matchups sound great, but we're trying to win this game, and I don't think Coach Combs will put him in a position, in many positions, and a lot of times. If they, Alabama got 60 snaps, maybe we see a one-on-one battle between them two maybe twice if, at, at best. I mean, we, it's all, it ain't about egos anymore. I mean, Wade's not have the season that we anticipated them to have. But this is the Heisman Trophy winner. Hey, what this you, is the hey, offensive wait, player wait, of the year. Hold on, this is, hey, hold on. Hey, what did you say before dinner or right before Christmas dinner? What would you say? Coach Meyer, you didn't even know my name before that Michigan game when I walked in there. <laughs> Guess what? Yes. Sean Wade, your name will be known. Coach Combs has got to do it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't talked about Justin Fields well, we're going, toughness. He can have the whole second segment. Okay, you're right. Uh, I, I think that Baron Browning is going to be somebody that has to step up in a huge way in this game, and I think that it may have to be uh, at defensive end. Um, you look at the pass rush. Uh, you know, we know Zach Harrison and Tyler Friday both missed the Sugar Bowl. Um, the possibility, you know, you never know what's going to happen with testing protocol that, that that Rushman group, you know, we've seen it pop up on that availability report. And Baron Browning can be a solution for that. I think his best work is when he's been in that stand-up edge rushing role. And if you need to find somebody else to potentially do that, you know, he did it late in that fourth quarter. You know, Zach, we talked about it uh, on Buck IQ this week. They put him in there, and he is so quick off the football. I, you know, it's kind of fitting in some ways that we never found what position he was best at for Ohio State, a linebacker. And it may That's, just be that stand-up edge run. That's what he did in high school. Yeah. And so, huh, getting really good guys, really talented athletes, and ask him to do the same things that they were good at before. It's amazing that they'll probably still be good at those things. Yes. Yeah. When you ask him to sit back and do different <laughs> stuff, and, oh, we're going to make him this – all right, yeah, you can do it, but listen, Baron Browning in high school was a five-star edge dude. He's still a five-star edge guy. Don't ask him to sit back and read and do other stuff, and especially now when you're shorthanded. <laughs> yeah. I don't say it in a bad way. Like, no, no, that's no. It's, it's, it's funny because I'm going to bring up a story in 2014 of a player, but go ahead, Bobby. Yeah, but oh. just, hey, just let him go. Like, let him go. Like, that's – let them be what they're good at. And so hopefully out of necessity, that's probably going to be – heck, I wouldn't be surprised well, if we got 50 snaps at the end. And it's also – not even necessarily that pure necessity because Justin Hilliard allows you now yeah. to be more flexible. Cardell, what do you got? Uh, Jamal Marcus. Oh, my goodness. Edge guy. Edge oh guy, then we, but he was a little undersized, but we were trying to put him on linebacker. Couldn't, yeah, could not play. He, he couldn't comprehend everything he had to do he at a linebacker. He didn't know two plus two it was, Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> see ball, get ball. We put him yeah. at defensive end. By far, we, no one had a correct zone read read on him. And he used to get guys nightmares and we used to scream. He's offsides. He'd give them the clap. But that's what he did in high school. That's what he's really good at. And it's, it's just go get the ball. You don't have to make checks yeah. or listen to this and that. Because at linebacker, I'm pretty sure he wanted – Coach Fick wanted to, to do some – Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because every other play, Jamal was out of place. You know, the, the good thing about what you just said and you and Bobby have been talking about, and it reminds me of the 2014 Sugar Bowl, Steve Miller. Steve Miller. Uh-huh. So, so because Barron is – has some uh, high football IQ, yep. and he understands zone coverage and drops. The potential of being able to have him drop in some type of defense, whatever it is, like he can do that. He can do whatever you ask him to do. He understands why setting the edge is so important because of what these guys are looking at that are behind him at linebacker. That's why he's good. I completely agree. Yep. When you have guys that are really elite at what they do and then you try to change them, that sucks for them. 
I can't wait to see him if that actually does happen. Well, and here's the other thing. Baron Browning is so athletic. When you have a linebacking core of Pete Warner, Tuff Borland, and Justin Hilliard playing how well they are, you can, just let him, you can just let him go because you know those guys are going to make him right. If you've got Pete Warner on the outside of him, you've got Justin Hilliard on the outside of him, those guys will make him right. So you tell him, hey, go be athletic, go be a dude, go get the football. So to sum it, I think what Schlegs is trying to say is that let him be like Steve Bobby. Miller Band and fly like an eagle. That's why I love you, man. That seems like a great place for us to take our break. We're still going to talk about Justin Fields, and we're going to make a prediction for the national title game when we come back after this quick break. This is Weekend Kickoff Championship Edition brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. It takes attention to detail. With your local Bryant dealer, you're getting more than just a technician. You're getting someone who pays attention to your needs and the little things that make a big difference. It takes a dealer you can rely on. And to keep your family warm this winter? Here, let me show you how this works. It takes Bryant. Bryant. Whatever it takes. Welcome back to the final segment of the year, I guess. It's the National Championship Edition of Weekend Kickoff, brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. It's Ohio State and Alabama. Let's get into it. Justin Fields uh, talked with the media on Thursday. Uh, you guys have all been through it. You know what it takes to get through some of these games after a painful shot. Uh, to the ribs and maybe a painful shot from the doctor as well. Cardell, with what you saw him dealing with last week, what what percentage of health do you think he could be at on Monday night? And how impressed were you with what he was working through last week? I mean, as a quarterback, toughness is inferred. It's, it's, it comes with a job. So I'm not surprised how tough a quarterback is. If he would have went out like a, for example, like last year, no offense, I'm a big Tua fan, but he, had, he was dealing with an ankle injury. Yeah. But every incomplete pass, he's limping. But every touchdown, he's running down the field. Play. Play ball. We ain't. We I ain't see you. Yeah, we play. All that LeBron stuff taking two minutes to get up after you draw a charge or you hit the deck. Get up and play the game. There's still a lot of game to play with or without you. So I'm not impressed with no quarterback toughness. It's the lack of toughness. Okay. That. So I'm, I expected that from Justin. Why would you, what would make you be out that game? Cardo Jones says, That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Let me at him, Hold me back, man. Hold me back, dude. Hold me back. That's my quarterback. No, I expect this to be a physical game versus Alabama, and um, I don't see any of these players without COVID restrictions right. not gearing up or been that's going to walk off that field that's not really a major injury. It's the difference between being injured and hurt. Coach Mickey said it all the time. So <laughs> if you're hurt, you went to the pit, and then you got to go back to practice. <laughs> yeah, Car- remember you, Carlos? Trust me. If you hurt, I don't want to go to the pit. You still play. Carlos, so, so, yeah. Carlos came over to the pit. This is a true story. Fun fact. This is before they changed the rules. But the pit was where hurt guys <laughs> went to get rejuvenated to go to practice. <laughs> so, Car- Carlos came in there. Well, I was that's, like, hey. like that's where injury reevaluation occurred. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm not that hurt. I like that one. I remember Carlos came in there. He's like, what do I got to do? I'm like, well, everybody that comes over the pit has to do the routine of the pit. And he's like, what's that? Well, you got to crawl in this sand, <laughs> army crawl, and then you got to back army crawl on this rope as I shovel sand on you. And then you're going to row the boat in the sand with a 45-pound bar in it. 
and you're gonna do that five times. And I, like after one and a half, he's like, I feel good. And he was back good. I was I'm like, good. let me dust you, start, you off, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. You start working out that tight hamstring, all right, it loosen up. For some reason. I got one of the steel blowers, and I'm like blowing them yeah. off. Like, oh yeah, you're good, man. Go back, have a great practice. Oh man, it was legal. Yeah, it's not a place to be. It I was programmed. I remember watching it happen. Like, yeah. I think I'd rather practice. Here, here's the thing when it comes down to this. On the wall above Mickey Marotti's office. Yes. You've been in there, Austin. Yeah. Oh, the tougher you are, the tougher you get. It's real. Yeah. Now, I said if you have zero toughness, what does that mean? How do you get any? You have to get a little to get more. Yeah. So you have to like have like a little seed. Somewhere. You have to have a little seed of toughness. But when you train as hard as those guys do, like you become comfortable living in discomfort. You're sore, you're tired, you're fatigued, you're doing Team Up North stuff at the end, and it's absolutely awful, and I'd lift and watch those guys thinking, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore, and don't be so soft, because when I was young, I used to do that like an old man. But you see that, and so that, when you train hard like that and you're involved in it, you have a firm appreciation for actually how injured you are. And, like, for Justin Fields, dude, everything that he had heard about inconsistencies, all this stuff, he's eighth in the Heisman voting. Yeah. Like, you can say that. But he's a proud dude. He's a proud man. He had a great year last year. you got to back it up. And that's why I'm always a fan of a second-year starter because you have to then come and answer expectations, yeah. and it's hard because you're going to struggle some. So he did all that. You knew he wasn't going to come out. He ate it. He threw it. You know, he's throwing a, little, you know, throwing a little out route to a tight end for a touchdown. All right, you can do that. And then you see him finally, like, gas up and chuck 160. You're like, okay. I mean, dude, I don't care if you had to bite the inside of your mouth. You go do that. He, he'll be fine. I am convinced you're not going to see a tentative Justin Fields on Monday night. Whatever it takes to win, because this is this is career. This is life-changing for him. Yes. If he wins this game, yeah. no offense to Cardell here, he's the best quarterback in Ohio State history in my mind. Well, but Cardell, you, but Cardell yeah. can tell you how much he changed his life to yeah. win a national yeah. To blood transfusion. But, I mean, to, yeah. to, beat, to <laughs> win this game, <laughs> to go to back-to-back and put the two seasons up he did and the way that he does it, the two teams he beat, like, he would be the best quarterback, in my opinion, in Ohio State history. That's, there's a lot he, of really good He would good have ones, a man. really impressive uh, resume you know, on his record for his stats and the teams that he beat and um, the things they've done in such short time. You know, he will. I and think so Justin I, does oh, – go ahead. No, that's why, and that's why I just think he's going to be – he's going to be fine. You're going to see the best that that kid has to offer because he's tough, man. He's a good kid. He's been through it. Yeah, B.B., you were in the locker room with him last year. Yeah, he does a good job of exemplifying what it means to be a part of the Buckeye culture. You know what I mean? Like, Bobby pretty much broke it down into detail, but one thing Coach Mike always says, at all costs. At all costs. What does that look like? Justin's doing it. At all costs, he's going to put his body through whatever it needs to go through to win this game. He's going to go through whatever amount of rehab, prehab, post-hab to be ready for this game. At the end of the day, you've been through too much and done too much and had to deal with all this extra COVID BS, not knowing if you're going to have a season to get to this point and let three or four whatever ribs Keep you from because <laughs> they're not your yeah. ribs. Yeah. Hey, hey, even if it was, listen, it is what it is. Put some barbecue sauce on the ribs. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. go. <laughs> we gotta go. You hurt. He hurt. Hey. Let's go. You might not like, be able to sit on here, but sometimes pop a perfect Adderall. You're good. Go on with your day. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, he's gonna do what he needs to do to be ready for this game and to win this game. So. Yeah, I'm sure it'll just be a couple couple of leaves or some Tylenol yeah. on Monday night. It'll be Ju- good. Justin Fields may not realize it at this moment. Being a kid from Atlanta, Georgia, first going to Georgia and then coming here. But this game could be a life-changing game for him, especially being in Columbus, Ohio. Cardell will tell you. Being in Columbus, Ohio, being a national champion, co- starting quarterback for the Ohio State football team, I mean – 
let's be honest, your life is set. I mean, if, unless you mess it up, you know, but this could be a life changing game for Justin Fields. Granted, I think he's going to have a massive NFL career and do a bunch of great things. That's next level. I don't like talking about injuries because I think all of us up here at some point or another have probably done something that 99% of the audience that's listening probably wouldn't agree with. And, you know, I know people were giving Justin Fields a hard time and the national media was going at Dr. Borchers and Ohio State doctors for giving him a shot when, you know, when, when his ribs were hurting and not diagnosing him right then. Guess what? As a player, hey, Doc, I don't care what my injury is. Do whatever it takes so I don't feel much pain and let me go back out there. Like, like, I don't care. Right. Like, Doc, don't hey, – are the I don't even care if it's broken. Give me a shot. I'll worry about it tomorrow. I need to get back out there, right? And so that's why I don't really like talking about games. Some of it probably isn't ethical, but at the same time, it's not like the doctors are doing it. We as players are the ones behind it saying, Doc, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be out on that field. Well, and their, and their role is to tell you when it's yeah. a point Correct. where you stop. And, yeah. and he wasn't at that point last week. I think no. people were looking at his – I'll let you finish, Cardell, but people were looking at his comments, and he doesn't talk about his own injuries either. There was no reason that he was going to sit up there and say on Friday night, yeah, Alabama, you should target this sixth rib right here or my hip. He's not going to do that. He never was. And he said that on Thursday, you know, I have full faith in the training staff to do that. Nobody made him do that. Nobody made him take the shots. Right. Exactly. That for speaking, going back on that 14 season, we get ready to go up to Michigan State, Lansing, play Michigan State yeah. that night, and they just beat us a year before, I think, in a Big Ten championship. They game. did. And at that point, I was the backup. And we was going through a walkthrough drill, and I was supposed to have my ankle safe, and I didn't. And I come down practicing a jump pass on Joe Hale's ankle. He was like the backup oh. center. I come down, and I, I roll my ankle, high ankle sprain. And I was known for not taping my ankles on Thursday practices, and I can hear, as I'm looking to the sideline, getting a signal for the next play, I hear Coach Herman screaming, tell me you got your ankles taped. Tell me you got your ankles taped. And I'm ignoring it. And then by the time, the fourth or fifth time he said it, because I'm limping at this point. I'm limping too. And I say, nope. And I try to hurry up and get back in the huddle. And <laughs> no. he kicked me off the, he kicked me off the field. Long story short, my ankle sprain was so bad. They told me if I broke it, it, it if, if they break it, it will be a faster recovery. So, and we had played, we flew on the plane to go to Michigan State the next week. And that was the big thing about, I mean, the next day, that was the big thing about the elevation and swelling back up and things like that. I had a, I wore a size 13, so my cleats on my left foot, I had a size 17 cleat on because they had to tape my ankle, ankle brace, tape it, one of those air ankle braces, put the cleat on, tape it, and get a shot. So if I had to go into the game, I couldn't even move my foot. I stayed on the side, I couldn't even move my foot if I had to go in that game. And then looking back after the game, <laughs> it kind of made it worse because now my ankle was so big, I literally could not see my foot. Oh. Literally could not see my foot where from my just foot standing go? up. Where, where go? Where it's my just, foot go? It's just a big thing like this down there. And But there, no, no injury report. Still had to practice the next day because we fly back. And still had to go through the week. I was still the backup quarterback. And let alone what I would have did if I was to play in that game. I would have borrowed somebody else's ankle. That's, that's yeah. the other thing. I mean, so, everybody, no. people, people don't know what we're going to go through because that's it's, what we love to do. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. I remember when I was with the Bengals, man, I had turf toe. I didn't even know what turf toe was. I used to think people were soft for having turf toe <laughs> until you get it shot up for 14 weeks where they take a cortisone needle and they bend your toe down where your toe joint opens up. Yeah, how do you think that feels? Pretty good. But you know what? I played 14 games, then I broke three processors. I dislocated all my thumbs. Everybody up here has been hurt in the game of football. But you know what? Attack and dominate. You put a thumb splint on, you stick it in your glove, and you try to go knock somebody's junk in the dirt. Yeah. Period. Wait, well, that's well, that's well, what we like to do. Hey, if we want charge, hey, charge it to win it. Guess what? I'm 39 years old. I can still deadlift 700 pounds. Charge it to win it. Zach had to wear a freaking neck braces last year in college. 
Uh oh, freaking collar. What was that? No, I did a cowboy collar. Yeah. No, I did yeah. not. I did not have to wear a cowboy collar. But hey, this is a true story. It happens. So this is a true story, and you know this one. So if anyone wants a legit story of what ha- what can happen before a football game when it comes to injuries, senior year, we're, 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 Johnny, Johnny, Johnny oh, he's yeah. doing it. Johnny, this I'm is what the, the doctors are, are supposed to do: yes. save you from yourself. Yes. Because there does come a time when that needs to occur. So we are tw- – it's a so 2012. We have a 12-game season. We are 11-0. We went into overtime against Wisconsin. Johnny, after the game, like, man, my knee is just killing me. Oh we goodness. knew it was the last week, right, Michigan week. Oh. Johnny's knee, and when he got guys. back Sunday, guys. was as big as this bucket, <laughs> right? And it's purple, and, like, you, you can't see anything. So the whole week he can barely walk, nothing. And so it's senior day. We always, Johnny and I used to always walk together from the Blackwell to St. John and then St. John. And like, I'm like, where is Johnny? Johnny's dad comes up to me and goes, where's Johnny? I'm like, I, I don't know. Wait, what, where's he at? <laughs> Little did we know, Johnny woke up at 5 a.m. that morning, went with the team docs over to the locker room at the stadium. He's sitting there. He can't have any pain medicine because he obviously wants to play in the game. Yeah. He's biting on a towel. We hear this out of fact. Biting on a towel. They are scalpeling his knee open and putting tubes in his knee to try and get all the get all the liquid out of his knee just so he can the swelling can go down so he can play the game against Michigan. And that was Johnny putting his NFL career on the line. Finally, the doctors finally stopped. They were like, Johnny, no more. Johnny. No more. We're done. Like he would test it, go out and run, come back, be like, you need to take more out. Go out, run, but that's like Johnny Simon, man. Yeah. Like that's what they do. He's amazing. That's real. It it's happens. A real story. But you know what though? Like, who are you to tell me that I can't do that? If I want to get my knee drained and scalpel and try to go out there and play with pain, bump you. Getting your knee drained <laughs> is where they put a needle and drain the blood out. Yeah, what John Simon yeah. had is they took a one-inch scalpel, yeah. jammed one of the old school like water bottle tubes <laughs> yeah. in there, and then and funneled blood yeah. out of it by squeezing it down through his quad. Yes. It, when he was telling me that, I almost threw up before the game. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds John awful. Simon is he a was, tough dude. I think they bottled it, and they still keep it in the locker room there in the Woody. Vrabes walked in on it, and he was like, I got some of my eye. <laughs> Corey Lindsley <laughs> hit him with his helmet, headbutted yeah. him, and he was blood. bleeding. Oh, good times. But see, this is why you play football, man. Like, these are the memories. You guys might think it's absolutely crazy. I freaking hey, love it. You know what? My dad, it's, hey, it's the God's honest truth. I'll tell you this. My dad used to tell my mom this after all the kids she had and all the injuries I had. Pain has no memory. Yeah. Whatever that means. I'm I not really know. sure. I always yeah. thought pain, pain yeah, has no memory. A, be, yeah, besides Johnny's. Yeah. And he had porn star dancing playing on repeat. <laughs> While Urban's the favorite song. Yeah. Welcome to Urban Mind. Pine House, everybody. Yeah. Uh, all right. Pain is the indicator yeah. of life is what I've always said. Short story long, Justin Fields isn't going to be dealing with that. No, he's not. Listen, he's, he's not dealing with anything like that. He's good. No, he's fine. Wait, wait, wait. All right. Put some sauce on those You'll be all right. <laughs> Got the buyer's auto. Question for the the general, but we're just we're gonna expand it for everybody uh, oh. once again this week. You you've all played in the biggest, most important games uh, at the highest level for Ohio State. Bob, you've done it in the NFL level, Schlegs. Um, what are the emotions like when you know that this is it? There's one game. That you're talking Cardale about you know you know you've got to play it. You've got to be out there and you'll you'll do anything. You'll borrow somebody's ankle to do it. Monday from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. What will that be like? The hardest time, like you said, is 6A to 8P. Because I know, I don't know if Ryan's quite like Urban, but they wanted to wake those guys up at like 5.30 in the morning for a, an 8 o'clock kick, PM, and to have them ready to go. Like, And so my routine was, it's 
Dude, it's like a slow build, slow boil. I would always try to get up around, you know, 7.38, go down, kind of breakfast, have a bagel, come back up, eat with the team, like lay down a little bit more, be with the team. But it was always just move a little bit, stretch out every once in a while, watch some film, have some meetings. But you're, you're trying to manage all of those emotions. And I, I guess it might be like a woman on their wedding day, like trying to sit there and manage everything and like but then you have to go out there and you hope you're just not physically exhausted and mentally exhausted by the time the, the ball kicks so you think about your stuff and eventually it's like let me put this away because i can only look at the same thing yeah. so many times like you're gonna you're gonna go brain dead and you're just waiting for it so the night games are awesome this is very it's it's a very very tough situation to deal with and i'll never forget <laughs> 2002 when we're playing the national championship with the Scottsdale Princess, which you guys have stayed at. It's a phenomenal place. Phenomenal. We're, we're at the place where you, it's, it's elite. Yeah. So we're sitting there, and right the, the place you have your pregame meal, right there in the front. Mm-hmm. And Donnie Nicky's one of our captains. Him and Mike Doss, two, two four-year starters at safety back there, and they're captains. And Donnie gets the last word, you know, in our captain's talk. And they've got the, the little pop-up, pop-up trays, and their, their ladies are collecting all of the, the stuff and the servers. And Donnie goes over and yells some, not, yells some things that I cannot repeat and then kicks that tray, throws it in the air, glass. He's like, let's go take care of these guys in so many words. And we just all got up and walked out. I'm like, I felt so bad. I'm looking at those ladies. I'm like, I'm ready to go. After all day long, like, dude, fuse was lit. Let's go. It's time to play. It's 6.30. We're heading to the stadium. I think it's one of those things where Coach Johnson likes to call it the building of your fire pit. You know, you got to go out, you got to collect your wood. It's, it's, a, it's a process. And you got to slowly let that process build up. And then when a game hitting the foot hits the ball, then it's time to ignite it. You know what I mean? So for some of those guys, you know, managing your emotions and, you know, managing how you feel, being able to relax when it's time to relax. You know, getting to when you got to get off your feet, actually get off of your feet. Lay in bed and go through, you know, your scouting report. Lay in bed, maybe take a, a small nap, come back up. Look at a little bit more of your scouting report. Don't try to overanalyze and overdo a game that has not started yet. You know what I mean? So you got to just kind of manage your emotions, manage just getting ready for the game, manage your mental. So if they're able to do that, when a foot hits the ball, it's going to be crazy. And it's so funny that we're talking about this because we actually train this, right? So all year we talk about, you know, get up, you're engaged, all right, relax. Get up, engage, relax. Like, we do that on Friday. So our, on this game, this is what it's going to look like. They're not going to wake them up at 6 o'clock in the morning. They're going to wake them up at 8. They're going to go downstairs. You're going to get championship water. Yep, yep. You guys are going to go on a walk, and you're going to have a team breakfast. Then you're going to meet individually with your coaches, right? Then you'll probably meet with your squad, right, with your, with your you know, unit, yeah. right? Then you're going to have a little break, downtime, go back to your room. Then you're going to come back down, and you're going to have – lunch and then you're going to go out and you're going to do a walkthrough and then you're going to go back to your room and you're going to be down again then you're going to come back down and you're going to do the team meal because it, it's the four hours that always go into the game it's always the same thing all right it's the pre-game meal you have your bag downstairs ready you have your coat and tie on boom you go to the you know go to the bus biggest thing is in this you don't want to blow your load too early 
That's Never. the thing. Yeah. That's a bad deal. Nobody wants to do that. Never. But that's where BB was talking about. I have trouble with that. Take your mind off the game. <laughs> we all know that Zach does for sure. But that's the thing. In this, and you you already have the anticipation of it. You've already arrived. It's the biggest game of the year, biggest game of your career, biggest yeah. game of your life. Yeah. And you already have that. So I think they're going to be absolutely fine because the, the beauty of Ohio State being in this matchup, it's not like it's their first rodeo. Yeah, for sure. And uh, to piggyback on what Bobby and BB said about, you know, Bobby, you don't want to overprepare. BB, you said it's, it's a process. He's going to start your fire. Your fire. Coach Meyer used to revert back to so many military terms. And oh, I remember in the beginning of the week, you said, hey, the, the coppers ain't going yet. We gassing them up. We gassing them, especially for a night game. And, like, we hear them. We hear them. And it's just, just thinking about the process of don't want to overload a guy. So we wouldn't have, like, a scouting report or, or our tips and notes and, and in-depth conversations with our coach until maybe that lunch or getting yes. ready for a team dinner. Because you don't want to, like you said, overstudy something. And it's still a buildup. So that was my, actually my favorite part, the whole process of getting to the game. And then you just make the game that much sweeter because now you you're just riding off of emotions and reactions. And that's how sometimes you get the best results. Yeah, I, I, in my mind, night games, it was always easier when I was either talking to someone or around other people, right? As soon as you, on a game day, you get in your own mind and you start getting locked in, that's kind of when the juices start pumping. That's when yeah. you're sitting there and your legs start twitching and you just, you kind of get, you know, you feel everything coming together. And so I know those night games were always hard. Granted, whenever we wake up and go on a walk and do breakfast, like, and then go to meetings, it was easy because you're sitting there talking and you're around other people and you're, you're engaged. I know the hardest part for me were the two breaks that you had. You'd have like a two-hour break after those meetings before lunch, and you'd have another probably hour and a half uh, um, break until like pregame meal. So those to me were the hardest because I'm not a napper on those days. So what I would do is kind of have a routine, and I'd call you know my parents, um, call my girlfriend at the time, kind of – Keep engaged to not. He's let single my, now, yeah. people. Just all yeah. you ladies. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. not anymore. Oh no no. Oh never mind. No, he, oh, I, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you have one. Never mind. Hey, you've been gone too long. Hey, Jeff Ruby's market price. I know. I know. Jeff Ruby's right. Let's go. So. Uh, yeah, in my mind, you have to keep yourself engaged. And then to me, it was always two and a half hours before game time. Bam, you start to lock in. Music starts playing. I know I was in such a routine where I would play the same songs literally yes. in same order every single time up until game time. And like visually, you get on the bus, this song's playing. Visually, yeah. you get off the bus, this song's playing. Visually, you know, you, you walk to St. John, this song's playing, right? And so yeah. you get in such a routine, and when that happens, you're so dialed in, but you need to be able to hold off on that. Like you said, the yeah. choppers aren't going. In my mind, the choppers start going about two and a half hours before game time, and that's when you have to start getting locked in. That's what those guys are exactly. The hardest part for me personally, because I was like you, nap time, I couldn't take a nap. So I would wake up, I got a kind of fuzzy, got to try to get back locked in, so I never took a nap. But when you when have you a roommate gotta, that's napping. No. Oh. No. When you got to go watch that hype video, and then uh. right after the hype video, you got to do the walk. And it's yeah. like the hype video, because the video that we put out compared to the one that they watched, and they always had a movie clip at the end of oh, every yeah. like highlight that we put on the week before. Boondock Saints, baby. That was my hey. favorite. <laughs> Boondock <laughs> Saints. Yeah. Yeah. So like my senior year, we went through a, a major John Wick phase. Yes. And it was just like, after the highlight video, you ready to really rip somebody's head off. Yeah. But then you think, I still got two more hours before this game starts. I got to do the walk. I got to get dressed. I got to get stressed out. I got to get taped. I got pregame warm-up, everything. So it's like, for some people, that's, I'm going to say to some of these young guys, that's going to be the hardest part. Because I know this video is going to be a video to where it's going to hit home and hit the souls of a lot of people. Yeah. But you can't let it get you 
at 10. You got to try to let it get you to about a six and maintain those extra four until the foot hit the ball. BB, I don't know about you. Right when that video hit, my first five-hour energy drink went right down oh, the chute. And I'm going to 10 the <laughs> no, whole time. Hey, I had a five-hour in the red Yeah, oh, it's like all-nighter. That's great stuff. That's, <laughs> that's the buyer's auto question for the Buckeyes. Some insight to what will be like uh, for Ohio State as they lead up to kickoff against Alabama, which, of course, there's only one game left. That's the Silver Bullet. Let's go. Segment. It's Ohio State. It's Alabama. It's for the national championship on Monday. This is what all the hard work has been for, getting through quarantine, getting the season reinstated, going through all the cancellations, everything. Ohio State has got into this position to play Alabama. They are once again an underdog. I don't even have to say what the number is. I know what Cardell's pick will be, but Alabama is right now favored by eight and a half points over the Buckeyes. I got Buckeyes, 38-28. Leave it there. 38-28? Yeah. It's a good score. I like it. I like it. I'm going Buckeyes, 42-28. Bam. Buckeyes, 45-42. Oh. Yeah. Closer. BB. 21-35. 21-35. Who wins? Oh, uh, kind of. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I want to smack you. No, 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 you hold that. So I, I'm with Schlegs on that. 45, 42. That's something I've talked about a couple times today. So just stay consistent with that. All right. 42, 35. Let's go. Hammer the over. Sound, sound familiar to anybody? Yeah. yeah. Sounds like 2014, baby. It's gonna happen again. History has a, a way of repeating itself. They're playing another Heisman Trophy. Uh, yep. Finalist yep. in the championship. They winner. Winner. Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah. They had the run. Uh, there's so many callbacks to what happened in 2014. Uh, I just I can't wait. It's going to be such a fantastic game. You guys have got me juiced up with this insight. It's been another phenomenal uh, weekend kickoff brought to you by Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems. Thanks so much to Urban Myers Pint House for having us all year to get to this championship edition. Thanks to Cardell Jones, Zach Warren, Anthony Schlegel, B.B. Landers, and Bobby Carpenter for doing this all year. One more big one to go. Can't wait. Monday night, I'm Austin Ward. Uh, Letterman Row will have full coverage. Uh, Ohio State, Alabama, stay with us at LettermanRow.com.